0: Praise the, Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm actually kind of sad to be here today because I'm looking forward to the next installment of Pastor's series of 10 uh, uh, weights and sins and struggles that uh, get us in trouble and, and, and tie us up. And I forget the exact title, but I'm enjoying that series so far. So I, I, I'm kind of sorry that I have to be the interruption. But I do have a word that I want to bring to us today. And I have some props, so bear with me. These are the ones that I can carry. And this one I might have to lug, but we'll get it there. Oh, it's not so bad. We're going to talk about exercise tonight. Oh, the collective groan. I love it. This is the time of year, though, that people make New Year's resolutions, right? And if you go to a gym, you will see that the population of the gym has doubled from December to January because people have made commitments. Now, some people... We make commitments about budgeting. We make commitments about dieting. We make commitments about getting organized and getting rid of stuff we don't use. And we make commitments about learning a new skill. And I don't like the word resolution, but I, I make commitments sometimes. And a lot of people make commitments to exercise. And there are a lot of benefits to exercise. There's a lot of reasons why people choose to exercise. Uh, some of those people that are going to the gym, maybe for the 10th day in a row or 11th day in a row this month, they're going because they want to be healthier and they want to get fit. Some of them are going because they want to get and back in their clothes from December. Some of them are going because they want to be thinner, which in our culture equates to more attractive. Some people want to uh, 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 get stronger and build up their strength and their muscles. Some people are thinking more long-term, and they're training for an event. They're training for a 5K or a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon or a triathlon, and it just pains me to even say that out loud. But there are people that are working towards this long-term goal, and they're training for it. So there's a lot of reasons that people would go to the gym. And so here, 11 days into the new year, The people who call themselves, it's not a a derogatory term, they call themselves gym rats. The people who who practically live there, right now they're annoyed at the rest of us who are showing up to the gym for the first 11 days of January and they're waiting for our resolutions to fail so that they can have access to all the machines and all the classes and the pool and everything that they can't use right now because there are so many people. Now, there are lots of online videos that are available for free. Free is good. So we could work out at home, but many of us choose to go to a gym because we have this logic of, if I pay someone else, I'm more likely to go and make sure that my payment is is worthwhile. I'm not sure that logic works, but it it is a form of logic. So... The resolvers are currently probably still engaged with their resolution. Maybe they'll make it to the end of the month. Somebody said maybe real loud because that is a big maybe. That is a really big maybe. It's much more likely that resolvers will abandon their resolution before they ever make a real change. In their lives, because the 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 reality there's been lots of studies done about what happens when someone makes a resolution and what causes people to abandon that resolution and why it it happens so quickly for so many of and I'll just say so many of us because we we don't necessarily fail at keeping our commitment or keeping our resolution we fail at change. Human beings are. Notoriously lousy at change. It's hard for us to change our behavior patterns. And so we fail at changing our behavior for a long enough period that we actually create a new habit. It takes 28 days to create a new habit. And I guarantee you there are people in the gym today on January 11th who won't make it to January 28th because they fail to create a new habit. They might have a new behavior for a short season, but they fail to make that new behavior a habit by enduring to the end of that 28 days. So once a new habit is established, that habit actually becomes hard to break because now it's a behavior pattern that our our body engages with and enjoys, But if we don't make it through the 28 days, it's easier to break the habit than if it had been established for 28 days. And people will cite many reasons of why they don't continue with their new behavior. Maybe that behavior is working out. They'll say, well, the gym is not as conveniently located as I thought it would be when I signed up there. I thought I'd be right on my way home, but every time I go home, I'm swinging by the donut shop, so it's no longer conveniently located. They'll say things like, I got busy with other things and I just had no time to go to the gym. I haven't found a workout program that I really like yet. I'm not sure that most of us would ever really like the workout program, for the first 28 days. It's just not part of human nature. But the real reason I find that people give up on resolutions is that they fall in love with the idea of the outcome, but they fail to fall in love with the process. I'm going to rephrase that. We as human beings tend to fall in love with the idea of the outcome of all that hard work. But we fail to let ourselves fall in love with the process. Exercise. In their minds, they keep telling themselves they have to go to the gym. They have to work out. They have to do the weightlifting and the cycling and the swimming and the aerobics class and the stair climber and the elliptical and the Pilates class. And it's it's a must. I ought to. I should. I have to. And these behaviors almost seem like the obstacles that stand between them and their eventual goal. Instead of being the steps that will get them to their goal, their perspective is, i got to do all this stuff to get where I really want to go. I just want to be fit. Why do I have to do all these things to make that happen? And so instead of seeing each new behavior as an opportunity that's in the, the, the line of the process, as an experience unto itself, it's almost like that's the cha- that's the mountain I have to climb to get where I want to go. And that, that's a mental game that we play with ourselves. It's not even, the work is not more easy, or, or it's not easier or more difficult if we see it as an opportunity or if we see it as an impediment. The work doesn't change, but how I view it can be very different. I could even start to see if I, if I change my way of thinking, I can see the process as something that I can enjoy, not just endure. The secret of exercise is that the more you do it, the easier and the more enjoyable it becomes. Like everything else, we get used to it, we get Uh, 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 a sense of fulfillment by accomplishing that list of workout items. It starts to build our self-esteem. It starts to reinforce itself the more that we engage in it. And so the more we exercise, the more uh, we tend to enjoy it, and the the easier it becomes for us. It actually, hold on to your hats, it actually becomes fun in and of itself. Because these endorphins start going in your brain and it makes you happier. It has powerful impacts, but only when we engage in the activity on an ongoing basis. So I'm going to give you all an opportunity to engage in a little exercise. Um, I, I, need, I need somebody to have... Brother Brian, you, do you have a timekeeper on your phone? You may not know that, but... <laughs> Brother Brian is technologically learning. If you don't I can find some Okay, so you have a time so you, we're going to count to 30 seconds, but what I would like to do is recruit some of our gentlemen to see just just there's no competition here. But just just to see how many push-ups you can do in 30 seconds. So who, who are my volunteers? Rob, Brother Rob, Brother Jeff, Brother Nathan. Can I get one more? Anybody? Anybody? Brother Jake, woo-woo, come on down. Find a spot that feels comfortable in the altar area. Brother Nathan's taking his jacket off. He's getting serious. <laughs> I'm not trying to do push-ups at all. I'm getting you to do it. All right. Gentlemen, would you assume the positions, please? <laughs> and we're going to give you 30 seconds with a 10 second warning, Brother Ryan. Oh, yes, we do need, I need counters for each person. I have that in my notes, but I forgot. Shayla, Sister Shayla's going to be a counter. Somebody else want to count for me? Someone who's not videoing right now? <laughs> Angie, you want to do that? JL? I need one more. Moya? OK. You got Jake, Moya. All right. <laughs> People are already talking smack. That's great. All right, Brother Brian, are we ready? Do we have 30 seconds on the clock ready to go? OK. Three, two, one, go. Pace yourselves, gentlemen. Seconds left. <laughs> Woo, let's give them all a hand. Stay in your, stay in your places up here, gentlemen. And our, our counters, we're just going to go in order across here. Go ahead. How many did Nathan get in? An amazing 20. An amazing 20. That is phenomenal. As someone who can't do one, that is phenomenal. How many did Jake score? 29. You were the one that I said, pace yourself. You were doing good. You were doing good. Brother Jeff. Phenomenal 18. 18. That is awesome. Very cool. Rob, how we do? 22. Wow, you guys are amazing. Thank you so much for the demonstration. Now, did, you, did anybody practice before tonight? If you practiced, yeah, see, you did practice. Yeah, so this is not an uncommon thing for Jake. So y- you had a fair, fair amount more than others because you're, you're doing this on a regular basis right? Now, it's not a competition. I'm not trying to show anybody up. I'm really not. But I'm trying to illustrate the fact that Jake's done this, and he puts the time in away from this public display in private where nobody else sees that he's working out, and it impacts his public performance. Does that make sense? All right. Y'all are going to go home and do push-ups, aren't you? (laughs) Thank you, gentlemen, so much. I really appreciate it. Now, as I said, I think doing one push-up is amazing. I have zero upper body strength, and so every one of these gentlemen, way outclassed anything that I bring to the table, okay? And I appreciate all of you being willing to submit to my little test. See, some of you guys enjoy working out. Brother, Brother Jake spends time in Taekwondo. He, I mean, he can break wood and stuff. which is, it, it, that's, fun, that's amazing to me. And so uh, for, for people like me who can't do one, if, if I don't use those muscles, they atrophy. Now, I got out today. I'm going to embarrass myself here. So I, I had a back injury, okay? And since that, since that back injury in 2019, I have not been back to the gym other than to go to physical therapy. And so today I picked up my three, pounder, three pounders. At this stage, I can't do very many of those without starting, my muscles start screaming at me. Why? Because I haven't used them the way that I could have been using them since my last back injury. Which is a wake-up call to me that I need to exercise those muscles. I need to to do something about that. But muscles that go without being used shrink. Shrink. Your body is built by God to be a use-it-or-lose-it machine. We either use what we have or we lose what we have. Even in, even in your brain, you know, they, they say things like, you only use about 10% of your mental capacity. If we don't use that 10%, it goes down to 8 It can go down to, to, to even lower percentages of how much of our brain we're actively using. Because if we don't use it, we lose it. If we want to stay sharp, we have to keep using these faculties that God built into our bodies. And so exercise, full body exercise, it's pretty important. If any of you are looking for a sign to go sign up for the gym or put on the free workouts at home, here's your sign. Full-body exercise is very important to overall health and well-being, and it's the same in the spirit. We're going to turn to Jude. Uh, there's only one chapter, but Jude 1, verse 17 through 21. And this epistle of Jude says, But, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before of the apostles in our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, How that they told you there will be mockers in these last times. I think we see that, there are mockers in the last times, who walk according to their own ungodly lusts, these be they who separate themselves, they're sensual, they have not the spirit. But you, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Another word for building up is exercise. Your faith needs a workout every once in a while. And by every once in a while, hopefully I mean every day. Your faith needs a workout, just like your body needs a workout, just like the muscle groups in your body need to be used or you lose it. Your faith yeah. needs to be used or we can lose it. It can weaken to such a degree that the next time we try to use it, it just doesn't feel like anything's really there. It feels hollow. It feels empty. Well, yeah, because I haven't strengthened and haven't built myself up in faith, praying in the Holy Ghost to edify, to build up. You know, in French, the word for building is edifice. It's from the same root word, to edify, to build up, to construct, to build within ourselves, uh, uh, if I could say, to bulk up your faith. Praying in tongues is like steroids for your faith. (laughs) It's just a modern analogy. It bulks up your faith. And Paul continues, he adds to Jude's admonition about praying in the spirit. In 1 Corinthians 14, uh, verse 14, he says, For if I pray in an unknown tongue, remember Jude said, Pray in the spirit, building up your most holy faith. And Paul has the same Uh, uh, A thought. If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prays, there's value there, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is it then? Does he say, I I just, I won't pray in the spirit? No, I'm going to pray in the spirit and I'm going to build up my most holy faith. And then also I'm going to pray with the understanding. I'm going to sing in the spirit and I'm going to sing with the understanding because there's value to both. We build ourselves up in our most holy faith in this time of private prayer, shut away in our prayer closet, and we enter into the spiritual place where God begins to take over our language, and we speak with other tongues, and we have groanings that cannot be uttered as we intercede and as we pray. Sometimes we intercede for ourselves, and it builds us up in the Holy Ghost. It is okay if your private prayer is mostly speaking in tongues. That happens sometimes. Why? Because we're building ourselves up on our most holy faith. And then in the times when I pray and I sing in my known language, my understanding bears fruit in a different way. It's I'm actively putting my trust and faith in the Lord to answer and respond to what I'm asking it with my knowledge. That takes faith, it's the exercise of our faith. I'm using it. I'm working it out. I'm not allowing my faith to atrophy. Instead, I'm repenting because I believe that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. When I pray with understanding, I'm asking to know him better because I use my faith to believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. My faith is responding to the word I'm asking God for divine intervention in earthly matters exercising my faith to trust that whatsoever I ask in his name he will do it And so whether I pray in the Spirit, building up my most holy faith, or I pray with understanding, exercising my faith, I'm growing this thing that God has put inside of me so that I can believe Him and have greater capacity to believe Him for more and more and more. Have you ever noticed that? It's much easier to be bold in the Holy Ghost and pray in your known language when you've been spending time praying in your prayer closet in your unknown language. Why? Because you've built yourself up on your most holy faith and it begins to pour out of you. It begins to flow and it's already prepared and ready to go. See, private preparation determines public performance. A marathon runner, a triathlon runner can't perform at that level the first time that they get off the couch and just go jog. It takes some serious training. It takes some serious effort. It takes unrelenting work and preparation and hours and hours and hours of road time where it's just them running. Same goes for a half marathon, or a 10K, or a 5K, or for people like me, a one mile. You can't go from being a couch potato to running a mile effectively without some effort. We'll get out of breath. Some of us might pass out. It's the reality because it takes preparation to meet that goal, that long-term goal of performing what it is that we're working towards. And so private prayer is part of our spiritual preparation. The exercise of faith in a prayer closet, away from everybody else, focused on the Lord, builds us up. Private prayer is the preparation for public performance. Now, I'm not saying performance like the world thinks of performers. We're not entertainers. That's not what this is. But when you go to the grocery store and you've been spending time in prayer and the Lord points to someone and says, that person needs a word right now. If you've been in prayer, if I've been in prayer, we've got something to give. If, if you come to church and someone needs a word of encouragement or someone at work needs a healing in their body, if you've been in private prayer, you're prepared for that public exercise of your faith. We pray not just to be able to perform miracles or, or whatever, We pray to know him. We pray to get close to him. We pray to love him and show him our love for him. We pray to be filled with overflowing. And then the outcome of that is that when I'm out and about and interacting with other people in the public, what I gained in the private area of my prayer can flow out of me in public. These are parts of how we live out our faith. We cultivate it in private prayer, and it's on display as we live our lives as Christians and influence the lives of others, whether that's through ministry in the church context or out in the world where people see the light that you're giving off, that God's shining through you, and it changes something in them. So it's part of how we exercise and live out our faith. I think sometimes like the resolvers who are at the gym, we know in our heart of hearts that we ought to be spiritual. We ought to be more godly. We ought to be more holy, more loving, more compassionate, more Christ-like. But while we love the idea of that outcome... We've not yet fallen in love with the process. The process of prayer, the process of studying and absorbing the word of God, of fasting and knowing that my submission to God matters. We haven't yet fallen in love with the, the thought of giving more than we've ever given and sacrificially offering our finances and our resources to God. We've not yet fallen in love with the process of, But we are in love with the idea of the outcome. I want to be righteous and holy and all the things I know I should be. But there's this process and how I think about the process affects whether or not I'm going to stay in the process until it becomes a habit. If I see it as the mountain I have to climb to get where I want to go, I'm going to get discouraged. But if I can say, you know what, every time that I can get into the presence of God and just talk to him, what an amazing privilege and opportunity to talk to the King of Kings. To to know that I am loved and to express my love to my Lord. What an what an incredible opportunity he's given me. If every time I go to this word and say, God, what do you have for me today? It's not just about reading my three chapters and out. It's what, what's the word for today? What's the insight for today? What, what can I glean from this that I can take to someone else? Our priorities have to be right. To to desire the outcome is good. To engage and enjoy the process is better. If I take that attitude, when I encounter these challenges of, of my flesh not really wanting to do what we know we need to do to grow in the Holy Ghost. I can shift my mentality. And I can pull down the mental stronghold that tries to keep me from becoming who God designed me to be all along. I need to see prayer as its own experience. Each reading of the word as this opportunity for God to move. Each time that I fast is a privilege of submission to him, and each offering is my chance to show the Lord exactly what he means to me. He's my God. He's my provider. He's my king, and so it's a change of mentality. God, help me cast down these imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against knowing God so that prayer would not be a chore Bible reading would not be a ritual, but it, it would become valuable to my process. So I have, I have some tips. I actually looked up an article of how we start a health plan, and I found that there are parallels to the, the advice that they give to, to implement a, a, a new regime, regimen in your life. Um. Some of us may have already abandoned our 2023 commitments or resolutions because we innately fight change. But here are some tips that might help you get back on track. The first step to starting a new exercise regimen is to check your health. Pastor said it, you've got to be honest with yourself. Where am I really? What's my walk with God really like? Oh, I know what people see on Sundays and what I project to other people, but what's my walk with God really like? Check your health. Are you faithful to pray three days a week for ten minutes at a time? And I'm not belittling that. Some of us, we start there. Okay, if that's where you are, where are you headed next? What's that goal assessment look like? Are you In the Word, seven days a week for 30 minutes a day? Okay, great. Take an honest assessment of yourself. What's my walk with God really like? Number two, make a plan and set realistic goals. Now, if you're praying three days a week for 10 minutes a day, then you probably should not make a goal of praying five hours a day for the next seven days. It takes time to build up to these new behaviors. And it's okay to say, okay, I'm going to pray 10 minutes a day for seven days this week. Set a realistic goal, but make a plan. Don't, don't let it be haphazard. Make a plan. Now, you may plan not to, not to pray at the same time every day. You don't, have to, you don't have to pray at the same time every day. You don't have to pray in the same way every day. But make a plan that makes sense for you. That you can maintain. Keep those goals realistic. Number three, make it a habit. If you commit to something, commit for 28 days. I'm gonna do this for the next four weeks. I'm gonna hold myself accountable. I'm making an agreement with myself that I am going to do this for the next 28 days. A, building a plan and creating a habit go hand in hand, it's a partnership. And it holds you accountable uh, if, you, if you have a, a plan to make it a habit. Now, I would also encourage you to have an accountability partner. Sister so-and-so, brother so-and-so, I want to get closer in my walk with God. And here are the steps that I have lined out to be able to do that. Would you help me pray that I can stay true and be accountable for what I've promised myself I would do? There is no shame in that. should never be ashamed to ask for accountability help. We're here to help each other. We're here to hold each other accountable. I think the Bible says that we help each other edify each other unto good works, unto doing what we know God wants us to do, and this is part of it. Stay accountable to somebody for the, the, the habit that you're trying to create. Number four is change things up. Don't go in and say the same exact prayer every day for seven days. Even God would get bored with that. He designed us as creative creatures. Spend a day, just say, you know what, today I'm just going to praise Him. I'm not asking Him for anything. I'm just going to praise Him and thank Him for as long as my prayer time lasts. Today, I'm just going to pray the word. I'm going to pull out scriptures that I know speak to my situations, and I'm going to pray this word over them. Change things up. Sometimes I, I listen to the way that I praise God, and I use the same phrases over and over and over again. And I mean them, but if I can get into the Psalms and hear The amazing poetic language that David used to praise God. He says it a lot better than me sometimes. And so I can pull out some of that language and start to change the way that I speak to God. Changes things up. Keeps it interesting. Keeps me motivated. The next uh, next one is, is two things, but they really work together. Stay hydrated and optimize your nutrition. Boy, it's so much easier to pray if I stay saturated in the spirit. And if I'm taking in the bread of the word of life. Stay hydrated and optimize your nutrition. In other words, don't just pray, pray and read. Stay saturated in the spirit. Uh, Number six, kind of have to think about this a little differently, but In bodily exercise, we're encouraged to take time to warm up and cool down. In prayer, we come into prayer with praise and thanksgiving, and we go out of prayer with praise and thanksgiving. I don't want to just come to God and tell him what I want. I want to tell him how amazing he's been to me already. And yeah, there might be some petitions in there, but I'm coming in to his courts with praise I'm coming into his gates with thanksgiving, and I'm going to leave the same way that I came. Take time to warm up and cool down when you exercise your faith. Number seven, in bodily exercise, there's this admonition to listen to your body. If you're having intense pain with a specific exercise, it's, don't, don't push past the pain, Listen to what your body's telling you. It's the same in the spirit. If if, if you start to feel something in the Holy Ghost and God's tapping on something that might be a little bit painful or uncomfortable, don't push past that. Don't ignore it. Stop a little bit right there and let God do some work on that painful part of life or uncomfortable. God, don't, don't teach me that because then I have to be accountable to it. Let God talk to us about the tough stuff. Don't push back past the pain. Stop there and let God work on it. Finally, this wasn't in... They only had seven tips, but you get a bonus eight. Because we have a God who wants to help. So the last tip is to ask God for help. Ask God to strengthen you, to help your focus. You know, he works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. He doesn't just want to help you do it. He wants to give you the will to do it. Sometimes I pray, God, help me to want to want this. My flesh does not want this right now, so help me to want to want this. Why? Because he works in me both to will and to do. Ask God to help you fall in love with the process, not just the idea of the outcome, if we could all stand. Brother Scott Grant in Quebec talked about walking in the Spirit very simply, and he said, it's our job to get into the presence of the Lord and pray until Jesus is in charge and then go do what he says. That's, that's being led by the Spirit, in a nutshell. Pray until Jesus is in charge, and then just go do what he says. Go live out your faith. Pray until you've exercised your faith and built yourself up in your most holy faith, and then go live out what it is you're believing God to do. I believe that we should build up our faith by praying in the spirit and exercise our faith by praying with understanding. I believe that the word of God and fasting and the disciplines of giving build us up and give us opportunities to demonstrate our faith, to exercise our faith, even as the Lord gives us the strength. And so in 2023, Let's not let another year go before we create some godly habits. Everyone in this room is a well-meaning Christian. You mean to do well. I mean to do well. But I need help to do it. And I need a plan of how to do it. How am I going to change this area of my life or that area of my life to align more closely to the word of God? It's going to be through prayer, study, the anointing, destroying every yoke, and a plan whereby I am intentional about exercising and living out my faith. Does that make sense? You may not have come in enthused about exercise bodily exercise, but I pray that you are enthused about exercising your faith. Bulking up. You know, if we could see each other in the Holy Ghost, I bet we'd all be muscle-bound. I want to be intentional about the exercise of my faith. Would you just lift your hands right now? And let's ask our God for help. Lord, I haven't arrived yet. There's so many things in my life that need to be better aligned with your word. Oh, God, help me to build myself up in in most holy faith, God, to give myself to praying in the Holy Ghost. God, I pray that you would work in me both to will and to do of your good pleasure, Jesus. Help me not just to be obedient, but to be willing, oh, God, Inspire willingness in me, oh God. Inspire obedience in me. Inspire submission in me, Lord Jesus. God, help me to live with no resistance to what you want to do in my life, God. Help me, Lord, to live in a way that pleases you, Jesus. So that my time is spent with you, oh God. So that my energy is spent on you, Lord Jesus. So that I live according to what I say that I believe, Lord God. Help me, Jesus, to exercise, to live out this faith that you have given us, oh God. I want to be more like you. I want to be more like you, Jesus. I want to be more like you, Jesus. But I don't want to just love that outcome. I want to love this process that you're taking me through to make me like you, Jesus. Help me to fall in love with the process. Help me to fall in love with prayer. Help me to fall in love with the study of your word. Help me to love fasting, Lord Jesus. Help me to love giving, Lord God. Help me to fall in love with this process, Lord. Jesus, give us strength, O God. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our understanding. Strengthen us, O God, as we apply this word, Lord Jesus. Bless your people today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.